0: America's most trusted source
1: for news, KMOX.
0: At 5.03, it's a clear sky and 54 degrees right now downtown at the Arch. Today is Tuesday, January 10th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story, a ban on assault-style weapons is nearly in place across Illinois. Let's go live to the newsroom for the very latest from KMOX's Sean Michael Lyle.
1: The Illinois House gave final passage this afternoon to a ban on sales, purchases, or delivery of a list of assault-style weapons along with limits on magazine capacities. Representative Paul Windhorse doubts its constitutionality if we are potentially banning weapons that exist in the hundreds of thousands of, in illinois wouldn't that violate the constitutional protection to guns in common use as uh, dictated by the U.S. Supreme Court. Governor Pritzker may have already signed the bill by now, which goes into effect immediately. Those who already own the banned guns may keep them, but have to register with the state police. Michael? A follow-up to
0: a story KMOX reported on last week on the increase in semi-automatic guns being converted to fully automatic with an attachment.
1: The U.S. attorney says a St. Louis man was arrested with two illegally modified fully automatic Glock handguns. 25-year-old Cortland Green is also accused of selling drugs. The fed say Green, who is a documented gang member, had parked his car and was surrounded by St. Louis police with spike strips, He drove off, crashed into an occupied car, and then fled on foot. Investigators say Green's modified weapons had a drum magazine with 41 rounds, and the other had a 20 round extended magazine. Since being convicted of involuntary manslaughter in 2022, he cannot possess a weapon. Under federal law, the mere possession of the device is punishable by up to 10 years. Maria Akina, KMOX News.
0: St. Louis Circuit attorney Kim Gardner is named in a federal lawsuit alleging she discriminated against an employee who is white.
1: The person filing the lawsuit, Rebecca Ann Goetz, claims she was in a meeting with about 10 Gardner staffers, including Gardner, when some criticized her job performance based on her race. Her attorney is Beavis Schock. All you do is act like slave owners, was what one person said. You will never know how to help these people. You are not black. Schock says Gardner should have spoken out against the racial discrimination, but instead said nothing, and Getz was fired a few days later. Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. KMOX reached out to Gardner's office
0: for reaction. Her spokesperson was not available for comment. At this morning's swearing-in ceremony in Clayton, there was a lot to say. Urban League President Mike McMillan kicked things off.
2: Each elected official has been given two hours for remarks apiece. (laughs) Really,
1: two minutes apiece. Being sworn in for his first full-term, County Executive Sam Page, and a second term for the prosecuting attorney. Wesley J.C. Bell. I, Wesley J.C. Bell. Do solemnly swear. Bell said Do he couldn't keep swear. his remarks short, but would keep them her. He touted the work his office and community partners have done on things people said were impossible. They told us when we got in here that jail was the only way to deal with people struggling with addiction, struggling in, and in need of mental health care. Our programs have seen a 90 percent success rate. With those folks that we've been able to help. Assessor Jake Zimmerman was also sworn in along with four members of the county council. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News.
0: The head of Illinois House Republicans has resigned from the legislature and takes parting shots at his party on the way out. Jim Durkin says the far right is pushing out moderates like himself.
1: We've lost a lot of Republicans over the last few years and they've become independent voters which leaves the, the primary process controlled by people who I believe are extreme and we saw that. We saw that in the governor's race.
0: Durkin has served in the Illinois legislature for 22 years before stepping down today. A retired Catholic priest who worked for years in the St. Louis area is going to prison for possessing child pornography. Father James Bigley pleaded guilty to two counts of possessing child pornography and is sentenced to five years in prison. Assistant U.S. Attorney Colleen Lang says viewing child porn is a crime that cuts across all levels of society.
2: This is the first time I've had a, a priest p- possessing child pornography, but you know we've had teachers. Um, We've, you know, prosecuted um, law enforcement, unfortunately, for this offense in the past.
0: The Gateway Arch Foundation is moving offices further away from the Gateway Arch. The nonprofit announced they're relocating from Gateway Tower to a larger space at Peabody Plaza on Market Street, just three blocks away. This is the latest high profile move out of Gateway Tower at One Memorial Drive. KMOV-TV leaves this year for Maryland Heights. KMOX used to be at One Memorial as well. The foundation is the philanthropic partner of the Gateway Arch National Park and the Old Courthouse. The KMOX business desk, high food prices hurt local restaurants over the holidays. Check out how much the owner of monkeys in Sulard recently paid for eggs.
2: When we started two years ago, we could get uh, 15 dozen for like $13. Now they're $90.
0: Owner Angie Swire says they had to cut payroll and are limping into the spring.
2: During Sulard time, February, January, and February, I was shocked about December, our slower months. So I'm just, we're just trying to prepare for that. Swire
0: says they're in talks with local grocery stores to carry their salsas and other items to drum up more revenue. Well, as we continue on Total Information PM, let's get the latest on a training exercise held by the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department today. Uh, joining us on KMOX is Grant Bissell, Public Safety Information Coordinator at the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department. Uh, this training exercise, Grant, uh, there have been some fun headlines about it, but it's a very serious topic, impaired driving.
1: Yeah, it sure is. You know, uh, when, when the word first got out about it after the sheriff made his post on sunday that that we were looking for volunteers to come down and and get drunk uh, at our headquarters you know there there was certainly some laughs had and some people kind of poking some fun um a couple of people kind of kind of upset too thinking that that we were using taxpayer dollars to pay for people to uh, to have drinks uh that's not the case the, the money came out of a, of a separate fund uh so it's not taxpayer dollars going to this but um it was and is a very important exercise for our folks uh, when you talk about being able to recognize the signs of, of an intoxicated driver.
0: So this is to make sure that the deputies are, are sharp on identifying the signs of impaired drivers. And we can get into that in a moment. But, uh, of course, people want to hear about how this training exercise went. Members of the public, um, as you as you mentioned, able to drink. And I assume this is a completely closed uh, kind of a course uh kind of describe how this happened today
1: yeah so so it, it's very controlled uh, we have two uh, DWI trainers within the the department here and uh, and they run the whole show so it's a it's a full day type of thing for the deputies uh, and it also involves as you said the members of the public so uh, there's a screening process to being allowed to be a part of this when you're a volunteer you have to Make sure that, that you haven't had any kind of uh, arrests that are alcohol-related in your past. Uh, you can't have any pending criminal cases. You can't be on any prescriptions that would interfere with the way alcohol uh, affects your body. And then from that point, if you clear all those hurdles, uh, the the science really of all this kicks in. So there is a formula that, that our trainers uh, know how to work where they ask you, okay, what's what's your – body weight and then they give the volunteers their choice of of beverage whatever they want to drink um, they take the the trainers take the alcohol content of those drinks and they figure out which with their magical scientific formula here that I don't understand uh, exactly how much you would need to drink uh, to get you to a certain blood alcohol content and they have varying goals for when we're doing it here for our deputies or when we're doing it for uh, trainees at the academies. Uh, and then basically the deputies sit in a class for the first couple hours where our, our trainers are instructing them on a, a number of different things. They go on a lunch break and the drinkers show up and they literally sit and drink for two hours and they get pretty intoxicated. Uh, I can tell you from 2019, my experience when I did it, uh, I got more drunk than I thought I was going to before I went to do the testing. Uh, and then after the two hours, and uh, you know, they, they track your, your BAC throughout, they make you blow into the breathalyzer, so they're making sure you're in that, that good range that they're looking for. Uh, and then the volunteers go up and they submit to the tests that the uh, the deputies administer, and that gives them really the, the hands-on experience but also that firsthand experience knowledge of what it's really like. You can't use the, the you know, the beer goggles that you see at, at, you know, the don't drink and drive days before prom and everything to really replicate an intoxicated person. You you need somebody to actually be in that state. And, and that's why we have people get involved uh, with this, to give it the truest to life example for our deputies to learn from.
0: What are the deputies looking for? What are kind of uh, some of the, the characteristics that they have to be on alert for?
1: You know, there, there are a number of, of signs and symptoms, obviously, of uh, a person being intoxicated. There's, there's physical signs, you know, uh, slurred speech or not being able to, to keep your balance, things like that. And then there's other things that, that the deputies are are looking for as far as when they start to talk with the individual. They'll they'll start to ask kind of some some general questions. Hey, you know, what, what are you doing tonight? What's what's going on? You're you on the way home, whatever. Uh, and then they'll kind of get into more of a, a back and forth conversation. And, and they're looking for different kinds of clues that the individual might give them as far as just information about where they've been, what they're doing, things like that. I, I don't want to open up the whole playbook here, um, to, to give people an idea of, of maybe how to dodge those things. But the, they, they discussed it in this, uh, in this course today, a lot of the, the things beyond just the obvious physical signs.
0: And then thinking about the whole process, I can imagine that uh, police officers and sheriff's deputies have to really be on top of the uh, observations they make and the record keeping and the recollections for the prosecution later on.
1: Absolutely. That is super key to, to this whole thing, because you can arrest somebody uh, and you can get charges based on the the claims you've made and the evidence you've gathered. But ultimately, if it goes before a judge um, and, and the judge says, well, this isn't near as good enough a case, or a uh, prosecutor looks at it and says, well, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. Or if they still feel you you did, but a defense attorney who is very savvy at uh, this type of defense law can tear you apart. Um, so that is another part of this course where y- they really stressed to the deputies the importance of keeping good notes, the importance of making sure that you, you write everything possible down and staying consistent in your report. If there are Uh, variations between one report to the next perhaps that's something that uh, a defense attorney can look at and go well which one is it and then start to pick apart your credibility and ultimately what that could lead to is someone who yes absolutely was drunk uh, and driving and posing a risk to themselves and others Uh, out on the road that person could be let go basically on a technicality and avoid any kind of, of criminal prosecution because of a mistake made on the law enforcement officer's part. So, again, that was a huge part of the the instruction today beyond just the hands-on testing application is making sure that you are buttoned up and you can be the most help that you can possibly be when you go to trial and the prosecution stage.
0: And then finally, as the DWI training wrapped up at the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department today, uh, these, uh, these participants didn't then get into the car themselves and drive home. They were provided with a ride.
1: Correct. Yeah, that's that's the uh, the bow on the top of all this thing. We're not just going to cut them loose back out into the world to say, hey, we know you're drunk, but, you know, good luck getting home. So uh, our deputies, if, if the volunteers don't have a ride for themselves, you know, a family or a friend to come pick them up, our deputies give them, you know, the the first-class ride service on the uh, the ride home uh to make sure everybody stays safe and, and you know, can come back and do it next year
0: grant bissell's the public safety information coordinator at the jefferson county sheriff's office thank you so much for the time and the great information grant
1: you bet michael take care now three things to know Number three.
0: The head of Illinois House Republicans has resigned from the legislature and takes parting shots at his party on the way out. Jim Durkin says the far right is pushing out moderates like himself.
1: We've lost a lot of Republicans over the last few years, and they've become independent voters, which leaves the the primary process controlled by people who I believe are extreme. And we saw that. We saw that in the governor's race.
0: Durkin has served in the Illinois legislature for 22 years before stepping down today. Number two. A bill to ban the sale of assault-style weapons and high-capacity magazines passed the Illinois House today and becomes law upon Governor Pritzker's signature. Republican Representative Paul Windhorst says he doesn't think it'll reduce violent crime.
1: The people who commit violent crime are not going to register their firearms, are not going to turn in their magazines. This will not stop that crime.
0: The NRA promises to challenge the new law.
1: Number one. I'm Kevin Killeen. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner is hit with a federal lawsuit alleging racial discrimination against a white staff member who was fired. Former staffer Rebecca Ann Getz, represented by Attorney Beavis Shaw. Very rough situation with people saying she could not do her job because she is white.
0: KMOX reached out to Gardner's office for reaction. Her spokesperson was not immediately available for comment. The news continues on Total Information PM. Well, if you're headed to Soulard, you'll see Monkeys owner Angie Swires wearing an apron behind the counter more often. The owner says holiday sales were not good and they have cut payroll. KMOX's Stuart McMillan ta- talked with her about the struggles of owning a business post-pandemic.
2: It's interesting being a business owner, being trying to figure out to navigate all these different things to be able to just, you just want a place and you want to make food and you want people to come and enjoy it that's it and And i hear a lot of times where people don't want to know we're down here They oh i didn't know you existed well we've been down here for two years um and i try to get it get it out there as much as i can uh for people to know most people were closing down during the pandemic and you said hey why not start a place that's that's exactly what we did um had no choice though i was let go of my corporate world job for you know after 20 years they shut down the entire office and took all the jobs to the philippines So, I had a hard time finding another job that wanted to pay me for 20 years worth of experience. They wanted to start me at entry level, and if I was going to do that, making this, I'll just start my own business and see how that goes. What were you doing before? Customer service manager for a medical supply company. So, totally different world than what you're doing now. Extremely. Yeah. Still doing the customer service, but yeah, yeah, not the medical part. (laughs) <laughs> yeah leave that out of the eggs yeah <laughs> that's true um, so uh, how did, did that help you do what you do now well we were at the market um, since 2015 selling our baked goods so we were already had that following uh, and then um, when we when uh, the company shut shut us down we decided to try to open up a brick and mortar close to the market so people knew they could just come down a block and get our baked goods and uh, you know for the most part it's been fairly well those people followed us down here people who try our food love our food uh, and you know it's just progressively getting busier as we we go along it's just I just know during Soulard time February, January and February I was shocked about December our slower months so I'm just we're just trying to prepare for that so with having an unexpected December Forward-looking, uh, January, February, not very optimistic. No, we're cutting uh, payroll back. We're trying to cut food costs back as much as we possibly can. Um, just trying to be able to stay in business for the next couple months. Um, you know, because we still have to pay the rent. We still have to pay the utilities no matter what. So unfortunately, that's why me um, and my uh, spouse are working more, well we always work seven days a week, but we work more now because we have to let some people go on payroll. Uh, you know, cut back their hours a little
0: bit. Swire says it's tough to keep prices the same when inventory keeps going up and income goes down. She says 15 dozen eggs cost her about $13 when they first opened two years ago and today that same order costs about $90. Malkies is in talks with local grocery chains to carry their salsa and hot sauces in order to help drum up more revenue. We'll check in with Roger Brand next on TIPM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month
1: iPhone 15s?
0: Over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on
1: us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees. 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See tmobile.com.